Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? Henry from Bro History. So yesterday I made a mistake. I uh, accidentally uploaded a episode that was only four minutes long. So it was only a fraction of the actual episode. So I apologize for that. Um, this is the full one. Uh, so Danny and I, we speak about uh, military tech. Uh, we go through the evolution of aircraft carriers and uh, how they e- evolved into the modern day supercarriers that we see in the U.S. Navy today. So um, I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to brewhistory.com. Be cool, Henry. Be cool. This is your <laughs> own show. Don't be nervous. We've only Don't done 50 nervous. of these. Jesus. We've only done 50 freaking episodes. Actually, this will be our 51st episode, but uh, welcome to Bro History, and if you're tuning in for the first time or the second time or third, please subscribe to the channel. We're trying to grow this channel. If you're listening to this, please rate and review the podcast and also subscribe on whatever podcasting platform that you're using right now. Uh, But yeah, join the YouTube channel. We have some fun content on there. Danny, how's it going? Chill. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty well. So um, let's be professional. Let's get right into the topic. Um, All let's right. Not, let's not bore. Let's not bore the listeners and viewers with small chatty talk. Like what do you don't you don't want to talk about hamburgers? I don't know what that is, and I don't care to know. <laughs> All right, go for but, it. But uh, you decided that you decided what the topic was going to be today, and um, it's aircraft yeah. carriers. Um, That's right. And I thought it was a good topic because it's also pretty relevant right now with. China and Japan and other countries besides the United States um, trying to, I guess, um, acquire expand, <laughs> expand, expand their military industrial complex, especially in terms of China and Japan. Um, they're trying Definitely. to build aircraft carriers. I believe that China right now is on, I guess, I think they're um, one of their fourth tests. I'm not actually really sure of the story. I've only really read the headlines, but that's why you're yeah. here to explain mm-hmm. all this military stuff to me. <laughs> but um, I, I guess the best thing to do to, to give additional context to people who are watching and listening, um, why don't we explain, or Danny, why, why don't, won't you so kindly explain what an aircraft carrier is? Sure. Uh, well, aircraft carrier is kind of a broad um, term. An aircraft carrier can be any like naval ship or any ship at all that can launch an air vessel. Uh, so there's a really broad category. So we'll talk about the different types of aircraft carriers. But I guess for the purposes of this conversation, um, specifically, an aircraft carrier is a naval military vessel. It's a ship 
It is really large. It, they are the largest ships, the largest naval ships, that is. Uh, they're flat, uh, and that helps to facilitate uh, the ability to take off and land aircraft on that ship. They're like floating islands, uh, like floating airstrips, if you will. And that's generally what an aircraft carrier is. Okay. Yeah. So the four class carrier, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but I know the new four class carriers. We'll talk carriers, about Ford. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. they hold up to 90 aircraft, which is humongous. That's but, correct. Um, before yeah. we get into that, how did aircraft, like, wh- can you go through the history of aircraft carriers? Like when do they start being used? Yeah. I mean, uh, I was actually really, um, surprised when I was doing uh, research for this. Like I- I'm a nerd for, you know, military tech and, and obviously I'm, I'm pretty well versed in the existing mil- uh, aircraft carriers, but just wanted to dig around and see like, when did we start having them? When did we start using them? Um, and I was surprised to find out that like some of the earliest, uh, um, aircraft carriers, uh, were coming out of the, uh, the British Royal Navy, um, like in the early 1800s. Uh, though, you know, kind of a stretch to call it an aircraft carrier. It was basically just a battleship that they were, that they flew some like balloons and shit off of. Um, but around those times, uh, like mid to uh, late 1800s, I think the most, uh, prevalent use of, of what we would call a quote aircraft carrier, uh, were to launch, uh, balloons, um, whether they, you know, or military spying vessels, basically, um, it was just easier to do it that way. Uh, and you can get in pretty close to enemy territory and, you know, uh, that's, that's the first, um, use of those. And we were also using them, uh, you know, here in, in the United States as well. Um, I, during the civil war, we, we had a couple of like balloon launched, uh, balloons launched from what we would call an aircraft carrier. When you say balloons, do you mean like blimps or do you mean actual balloons? Like hot air balloons, you know, like okay. uh, they, they use them to like drop bombs or uh, for recon. Uh, I mean, we had a, a the the North had a Union Army Balloon Corps, uh, which is kind of a funny thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, they use them to like drop bombs and and uh, and spy and stuff like that. Yeah. When, when you say drop bombs, you mean like throwing bombs out of a basket, right? Yeah, like literally throwing bombs out of like manually tossing a, a bomb overboard onto people. <laughs> that's convenient yeah so i mean why how does people start using or maybe a better question would be like why are aircraft carriers important to naval supremacy sure yeah i mean that's a really big question but i think uh what's important to note is that air superiority has been so instrumental to um to modern warfare pretty much you know I'd argue World War One, but definitely World War Two. Air superiority is absolute key, uh, and what an aircraft carrier does, and why it's so important, and and you know things like that is is because you're able to take airplanes anywhere around the world, and legally speaking, uh, you can park your aircraft carrier up to fourteen miles out of the coast that's in international waters and you can place airplanes strategically anywhere. And, you know, for fun fact, I think it's something like 70% of the world lives within the coastline, like within a hundred miles of a coastline. So the strategic importance of an aircraft carrier is you can have an airstrip anywhere, right? So we're, 
We're saying that air superiority is super important for modern warfare. Here's the thing that facilitates air superiority. It is the platform, the jumping off point by which you do that. So they're just like mobile bases, essentially. It's a way to kind of swing. Well, I guess in America's case, is it's the easiest way to swing your dick around. Yeah, I mean, in anyone's case. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, we can look at, you know, some more historical uses of it. And I think, you know, there there were plenty of battles going on, you know, that used aircraft carriers, whether they're like primitive air, aircraft carriers. But I think the the one that strikes my mind a lot is, um, is Japan during World War II. And they actually had 10 aircraft carriers, which they had more than anyone else. They were the US of World War II. As, as far as like the Navy was concerned. So they had 10 of these uh, aircraft carriers and they actually formed six of them in a carrier strike group and sent them to Hawaii. And that's that was the jumping off point for Pearl Harbor. Basically, they didn't fly those planes all the way over from Japan. I don't think that would be feasibly possible. They didn't, and they they didn't, s- they didn't fly from Tokyo? No, <laughs> no, they weren't, uh, and they weren't flying them over from you know uh, little islands uh, in, in between. They literally sent over aircraft carriers, and that's how they were able to execute that that first strike uh, on the U.S. So it's super important, um, I think, to 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 think about. What was? Can you recall like the first major um, the first major aircraft um, aircraft carrier battle during World War II? Um, hmm. I know. So uh, unfortunately, I, I don't think I can name a specific battle, but I can say that I know that aircraft carrier groups did clash uh, between the US and, and Japan um, in the Pacific. Uh, so I, I don't have any specific ones. Um, I, I'm not sure if you know of any. Well, something I was going to bring up was um, the Doolittle Raid. And the Doolittle Raid was probably one of the first, I'm mean, not one of the first times, but it was um, in the a early years yeah. of World the, yeah, the early years of World War II, and um, you know the story of the Doolittle Raid. Or no, hit me. The the um, it was um, I believe in 1942. So April 18th, 1942, um, the U.S. was by all not losing the war. However, they got some Japan during early parts of the war got some lucky shots on the U.S. Um, they mm-hmm. effectively took over the Philippines. They took over. Um, they bombed. Pearl Harbor, obviously, um, right. they were winning the first initial battles. Um, right. So there was a plan cooked up. We like we basically the U.S. wanted to hit Japan and not just hit Japan in a battle. They wanted to show Japan that they could hit them at home. Like they right. were their their citizens and their capital is vulnerable. So they flew a a aircraft carrier out. I believe um, the USS Hornet. Uh, deep in the Western Pacific Ocean, and um, they bombed Tokyo with fire some B twenty five bombers. <laughs> they didn't firebomb them. It was more of like a. It was more of. It wasn't like the later bombing raids in World War Two where they annihilated cities and you know the death toll was in the hundreds of thousands. It was more just like you can hit us, we can hit you type of bombing raid. And then mm. the bombers, they all landed down. They were landed in Russia afterwards just because they didn't mm-hmm. have enough fuel, obviously, to get back. However, right. it's just a very interesting – it was – I think it might, might have been one of the first major times an aircraft carrier was used by the U.S. Um, – by the U.S. Navy. So that's just fun little, a fun little story I wanted to throw in there. That's um, really interesting. 
Yeah, but I mean, now aircraft carriers are so much different than they used to be. Um, can you can you talk about the difference between, I guess, earlier model aircraft carriers and you know what they look like today? Totally. Um, so I mean, I guess when I think the uh, Honto or Honcho was one of the first commissioned. Uh, like purpose-built aircraft carriers, and that was by Japan. And that's when they started deciding, okay, we're not just going to land it on the deck of like a battleship or something like that. We're going to build a ship whose sole purpose is to, you know, land and, and recover air, uh, and launch aircrafts onto. Uh, and it was just basically a flat surface, you know, uh, a, a jumping off point from there. Uh, a little later on, uh, they started developing um, uh, hydraulic launch systems. So compressed gas, uh, now, obviously, you know, an aircraft carrier, even the largest aircraft carriers, you know, aren't as long as an airfield, right? So you have to pick up a lot of speed uh, in order, uh, relatively quickly, in order to gain enough lift to fly an airplane. That's just basic physics, right? Um, and also, fun fact, most of the time, the reason uh, why they take off, they take off forward, uh, and a lot of aircraft carriers must be traveling forwards in order to, like, take off airplanes in order to get enough like wind speed, basically traveling with the the um, with the airplane. Anyhow, uh, so they, they started developing those launch systems, which basically grab the the wheels of the uh, of the airplane and propel it forward in in short fashion. Uh, the British uh, had developed a neat little technique of doing what's called a ski jump. So you get this little lip at the front, basically like a little uh, a little ramp to to do an ollie off of. Um, and that helped a lot with with the distances that were required to get an airplane off you know off the ground. Um, and then now uh, the most prevalent systems, um, you've know, got these really large flat topped systems, and they put a control tower kind of like asymmetrically off to the side so that they can see and it doesn't impede on you know the the runway. Um, and they use oh geez, I'm forgetting on this one. They use steam-powered um, uh, uh, prop- uh, propulsion systems. Uh, it's an—I forget the technical term for this. I'll look it up later. Um, but basically, uh, they'll take steam uh, that's that's created on the ship, uh, and they build it up, and they basically blast off um, the the airplane in a similar fashion. Um, if you're familiar with any of the videos, uh, and and anyone watching on YouTube, like go ahead and check out a couple of uh, videos of of um, airplanes launching off of the. Uh, of, off of aircraft carriers, you'll see a bunch of steam kind of going everywhere, and that's what that's for. Unfortunately, uh, those steam-powered ones, while incredibly effective at, at launching airplanes, they cause a lot of stress on the plane, uh, and that's because the the way that the physics is set up is that the, the initial jolt to get it going is the most powerful kick. It's not like a steady stream, and it, it puts a lot of stress on both the airframe and the launch system itself. So, you know, there's a lot of maintenance that needs to happen. Uh, you know, for both the plane and the uh, launch systems. But thankfully, modern aircraft carriers are basically floating cities. Um, They have the capability to run, you know, pretty much indefinitely, uh, you know, at at least on their own power. Nuclear-powered ships that we have now um, are able to run for 25 years without getting new fuel. Of course, they have to stop and get supplies every now and again, but they definitely don't need to refuel. Um, And... uh, What's crazy about them is that they have everything you need. A thousand people live on it, uh, live and work on it uh, for like a year at a time. They have flight decks 
They have um, uh, quarters, of course. They have uh, um, places where you can fix things. So like a, like basically garages for the airplanes and and they've got all the tools. They have all the ordnance, you know, so uh, bombs and missiles and all kinds of crazy shit. They have plenty of jet fuel on board. Uh, they're 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 crazy. Uh, they they're literally floating cities. And, you know, in addition to, to being um, used for war purposes, they're also sometimes used for humanitarian reasons just because it's an easy platform, um, you know, to, to deliver aid from. Yeah. And, and I think something to take note that's important is that, all right, so the new aircrafts, and I know I'm jumping ahead right now, but I think it's an sure. important thing to distinguish. So the new, the the, the Gerald Ford class, um, that's Ford the new class, carrier. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Gerald Ford class. So that's the first carrier that's been built in the past 40 years, I believe. Yeah. So yeah. these carriers right now, these carriers right now that you're talking about, they were developed in the set like 60s and 70s, right? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. And okay. uh, yeah, I mean, and they've been in service for a really, really long time. And and the one of the biggest reasons for creating a new class of supercarrier is, you know, quite literally, you know, we've, we've modernized our military to a point where the being the damn ships have eight nuclear reactors on them and they still can't generate enough power for all the gizmos and gadgets that that we're putting on them you know so they wanted to rede- redevelop uh the ship so that it, it's you know energy efficient and and has the capabilities to deliver enough wattage to just all of the electronics you know yeah and let's be clear about what what they're using nuclear for um they're using it for for energy reasons so for propulsion the ship, for propulsion not, correct not like when you say nuclear, I automatically jump into warheads. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised do. if they if they stored some nuclear warheads on board, you know, for the planes to use. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. When when we say nuclear, we mean uh, a nuclear power, like nuclear propulsion. So it, the science behind it isn't actually super crazy. Once you get past the part of like you know how nuclear t- um, how nuclear fusion works, uh, fission, excuse me. How nuclear fission works um it basically just generates a bunch of heat right and they use that heat to boil water and i guess technically speaking you can say that aircraft carriers are steam powered uh because those that steam turns uh, uh propellers excuse me t- turns turbines uh which generate electricity that then turn the the actual propellers to get it to move and also power everything on the ship um they also generate enough energy to to, to desalinate something like two hundred thousand gallons of water a day, uh, which is absolutely insane. Um, you need a large amount of energy to 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 desalinate water. You have to literally boil water. That's that's how they do it. Um, yeah, but these things are are very very well well equipped and really really well put together, uh, really well thought together. And it's it's I'm really excited for these Ford class supercarriers just because they're they're. I wouldn't say they're a game changer, but they're definitely like, you know, keeping with the times and and, and really, you know, staying relevant uh, in modern warfare. So, uh, so do all, I may have missed this, do all aircraft carriers or at least modern ones in service, do they all have nuclear nope. reactors or just, okay. Nope. So we've got 11 all nuclear. Okay. Uh, we have the, nuclear. yeah, we have the largest, uh, um, fleet of, of supercarriers in the world. And, and maybe I'll sh- I should point out supercarrier isn't a technical term, but I happen to really like it because it's very specific. It's like the largest class of, of aircraft carriers because there's a lot of, you know, anything could be called an aircraft carrier, a small boat that holds a helicopter is technically an aircraft carrier. 
So when I say super carry, I think it's very descriptive. It means like the, the giant floating cities that hold like 80, 90 planes on board and thousand people and a bunch of ordnance and stuff like that. Um, so to get back to your question, no, uh, not all aircraft carriers are, are, um, are powered by nuclear. I think most of them are actually diesel. Uh, the only other country that has a nuclear powered, um, aircraft carrier is France, believe it or not. Uh, and it's a really good one. Um, and I forget the actual name of it, but this, the story behind it is funny. They named it after a guy, uh, like a military guy in France who was famous for saying that, um, Aircraft are like a fun toy, but not really of importance in in warfare. <laughs> so it's a little ironic that it's named after a dude who doesn't believe in air in aircrafts for uh, for military purposes. Um, just a fun fact. So, it, but that's an important point though uh, that you bring up, Henry. Um, the fact that we're the only ones that have um, nuclear powered, uh, you know, aircraft carriers is really really important um, because, like I said, these things can float around in the sea you know, for 25 years without, without refueling like at all. Um, and that's super strategically important because all these other diesel ships and all these other, you know, uh, other, like turbo electric ships, they, they need to make port more frequently. They need to resupply, you know, and that's, uh, that's, you know, that puts you at a vulnerability, you know, that, that puts you at a disadvantage, especially in a, in an actual, you know, uh, uh wartime. Yeah, I think it's it's I think it's what the, the the Truman that is in the Persian Gulf right now, like right over the Strait of Hormuz that's just staring at so. Iran. I think yeah, I was actually trying to look up before our call, like where the hell are all of them? And I was having a little bit of a hard time and I landed on some nefarious websites and I'm like, all right, please don't put me on some list somewhere. Uh but uh yeah, I think you might be right about Truman being in um you know, basically chilling over uh, in, in the Straits of Hormuz looking at Iran. Um, another one is uh, Gerald R. Ford. That one's stationed in Japan. Uh, and that's the one that we send over to, to North Korea whenever they're acting up. And they quiet down as soon as one comes over for very, very good reasons. You know, it's kind of funny because like, it seems that I think eventually we're going to be leading to peace. I mean, I think we're on a peaceful path with North Korea, at least better than before. And, um, I and feel you, like those uh, those uh, carriers are, are yeah. more for China, more more to uh, you know thumb thumb your nose at China rather than um, you know. Uh, well, obviously they're there for North Korea as well, but now they're we there don't have the pretext to have anywhere. our carriers. Like they're they're yeah. literally there for anyone. They're there for Asia. They're they're they're, <laughs> they're there for any Asian that acts up. To- but also Russia, you know, and also Iran, and and literally anywhere where there's water, like anywhere on a coast. That's what they're built for. The projection of power that you get out of this, I mean, is insane. So some interesting stats about this is like uh, modern aircraft carrier, like crewmen, seamen that 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 operate the aircraft carriers can launch something like two aircrafts at the same time while simultaneously landing a third, right? So it's like juggling airplanes on a moving ship. And in their top speed, how many they can do? They can launch like 200 sorties uh, per day. That's that's like flying planes day and night, in and out, real quick. They do one. They can do one every 30 seconds uh, uh, when they're well timed. These guys are incredibly well trained. So, in addition to these, the the supercarriers being 
incredibly badass by themselves. The people who 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 man them are, you know, quite literally some of the most organized people in the world. I mean, you've flown before, right? You know, how, how many hours do you spend, you know, sitting on on the tarmac waiting for like air traffic, right? Um, usually like forty minutes, twenty to forty minutes if if you're yeah. lucky. Right. And that's just to take off, you know, a, a normal civilian passenger plane. We should, I, you know, I'm, uh, we should petition the U S Navy to just run all of our, uh, all of our airfields that do a much better job at it. Um, at least the guys who, who run the aircraft carriers. <laughs> it, it, it'd be another, it'd be another reason to, uh, increase the military budget. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Imagine I mean, the I, military I, operated all of our airports. I mean, I, I, I duh. I'm not sure where does air traffic control fit under in the in the branches of government. Um, I'm not actually sure. I can't yeah. tell you that. I know they're a government run um, organization for sure. But uh, anyway, my point is that these guys can take off and land this shit crazy. And uh, you know, I want to underscore the 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 pilots are flying a seventy thousand pound airplane plus. You know at a pretty high speed and landing on a, on a small platform in the middle of the ocean while it's moving, you know, that's a, it's a feat that's, you have to have some fucking balls. Let's just put it that way to do this shit. You know, modern jet fighters, modern pilots have to actually accelerate, like put on the, uh, uh, the gas as they touch down because they need to grab the arresting gear, the, the like strings that grab the airplane to like make it stop. Um, so as they're like descending and about to touch down, they literally put on the gas again. Can you imagine doing that shit? It's, it's insane. So like, um, Tom, only Tom Cruise can do it. Yeah. I mean, he's a Thetan level nine. He can do anything he wants or, or, uh, Fox McCloud. <laughs> you get that reference? Um, that's the star Fox guy, right? Yeah. The mm-hmm. new super smash brothers is out. I know I've been playing way. it. Yeah. You you have a switch? Yeah, dude. Do you? Oh yeah, you have one in your living room, don't you? I have a switch, but the only game I have for it is Zelda, and that's the only game I've I've played for it. But I did I did get a chance to play the new Super Smash Brothers, and um, it's bro really history cool. approved. Yeah, bro history it, approved. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really I liked it. I I have I honestly have not played the last two Smash Brothers. The one since the GameCube came out, I haven't played mm-hmm. any of them. But this one was really fun, so I'm not sure if it was like a big jump from the, the last couple that came out or or what. But it was it's a, it's 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 dope. It's dope. But I heard I heard um, the online play sucks. Yeah, but it's Nintendo. They do online really shittily. It's fun when you've got people that you know that you're playing online with. It's like meh if you're playing randos online. Yeah, but the thing is though is that like I have like four friends. I have four or five friends max so i don't have <laughs> i only that have people. four friends and you're one of them <laughs> yeah you're one of them too um so i have like four to five friends um on a good day and um i don't really have that many people to play video games with i mean so even I still it's, it's even still it's it's like a, a good couch game too you know so if you have people over it's fun to play with other people um but i'm saying i don't have people over because i don't have very many friends all right because you're lame I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so it defeats the purpose of getting a party game all right I think that's I why i play the only it. game i play is zelda the only game i play is zelda because i can you know i can invest 250 hours by myself playing it 
Yeah, I feel you. That, I have that game too. It, it was so You're the fun. only human contact I get, Danny. You and the guest <laughs> I have on this show are this only, the only times I speak to another human. I just want to be very clear. In that room. <laughs> I don't speak unless it's on this podcast. And the only, so the only people I speak to is Danny and usually journalists or historians who, and, and when I talk to them, we're usually talking about a very depressing topic. However, let's continue the actual podcast and continue <laughs> with the, so aircraft carriers. So sorry <laughs> to interrupt. All right. So, um, so where we're at right now is that we are, so the advancements of initially uh, of the first aircraft carriers that we've been building um we went through from like archaic kind of just ships that planes landed on to these um huge expensive aircraft super carriers that have hydraulic systems that launch off jets um how how many jets do they launch at a time or or how how fast you said 30 seconds yeah so they could simultaneously launch two while landing one or they can launch one every 30 seconds or over a course of a day, they can do two to two hundred to, to two hundred and forty uh, sorties per day, and sorties just like taking off an airplane. Uh, okay, this is incredible. So, and Japan was the first country to to have a. They had they had one time had the biggest fleet of aircraft carriers. That's right, but unfortunately, right. not unfortunately. I guess it was a good thing for fortunately we the war efforts them. in World War Two. <laughs> yeah, fortunately the Japanese Empire fell with that their ships fell as well because Japan, or this is actually a better question. Um, it's kind of a good segue. Um, what other countries have air, like these super carriers? Mm, not many. <laughs> uh, so I, I mentioned, um, I mentioned that, uh, France has a nuclear powered one. Uh, the UK has one. I don't, it's not nuclear powered, uh, still an advanced, uh, uh, aircraft carrier, but it's, it's just not, it's not on the same level. Uh, Russia has one. Uh, China, uh, just acquired one not too long ago. Uh, that was an interesting story. Actually, they, they, uh, China. <laughs> they bought and yeah, old... China, China, so, China bought, I don't want, I'm sorry. I I'm, no, no, don't no, want to interrupt no, you. Go no on. worries. Uh, they bought so, a Soviet, they bought an old Soviet one, right? That's, that's right. They bought it from the Ukraine and they set up this like shell company, uh, and they claimed to want to buy it so that they could set up like a floating casino. Yeah. I read uh, that. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now they have one of their old shitty ones, and um, and it's old and it's shitty, and and uh, one dead giveaway is that it has the ski jump at the end. You know, uh, the purpose of the ski jump was the 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 platform was too short, and you don't have enough like a, a good enough launch system to not have a ski jump. So like, it's a dead giveaway. It sucks, and. What sucks even more is that, like, obviously they're retrofitting it for like to have modern technology in it to be able to hold, house some some modern airplanes. But I mean, these nobody's they they got them under false pretenses. So like nobody's coming over to teach them how to do this. You know, like their their pilots are simultaneously learning how to fl- how to land on aircraft carriers by themselves and creating the training manuals on how to do it. So they're having a hard time. I heard they they you know. It's all classified, but the rumors are that they're not they're not getting along very well with it. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. 
complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, there was an article that was released by the Economic Times. Um, I mean, it's that um, China is stepping up. They're, they're expanding their pilot recruitment program. So they're they're like they're doubling their recruitment effort and and pilots that right. are working on uh, potential aircraft carriers in the future. Right, right. Um, but I mean, again, you have to have some fucking balls to fly it to fly a jet and try and land that shit on on a relatively small surface in the middle of the ocean while it's moving. That's it's I can't underscore how crazy that is. Like so, we, how many do we have right now? Eleven. We have eleven. Ten of them are the Nimitz class, the 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 former class, and one is a Gerald R. Ford class. That's the uh, SS Gerald R. Ford. Um, and we've got, I think, another three on order. Two of them are unnamed, and one of them, surprisingly enough, is going to be called the Enterprise. But we already had uh, an aircraft carrier called the Enterprise, and as a matter of fact, it was the flagship for the Enterprise Enterprise class of aircraft carrier. Um, so I wonder how that's going to work out. But I know that we don't actually use that other one; they scrapped it. It's it's being dismantled. Um, but yeah, I know you can't rename Stargate a ship. That's Enterprise. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think that's what they were going for. <laughs> Let's name it the Millennium Falcon. Dude, I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. The next aircraft carrier, they they named the Millennium Falcon. Or uh, was it uh, in, in Halo, was it the Hammer of Dawn? Was that giant like ship? I think it was called the Hammer of Dawn. I'm not a, I'm not a virgin. I don't play Halo. Yeah, all joking. you weebs that, that are watching this on YouTube, please comment in the Zelda. comment section. <laughs> um, Let us know if we fucked it up. <laughs> I don't know what they... I. I played Halo many years ago. I haven't played it in a long time. I don't remember the names of it. Um, so what we have about 11 right now. We talked about where they're stationed right now, like where they're stationed. Um, Japan, uh, Norfolk, Virginia, um, San Diego, um, Qatar. Qatar, right? Qatar, Qatar. I don't know. Qatar, yeah. Qatar, Qatar. Qatar. So many different ways to say it. Um there's one in the Persian Gulf. Um, I wish I had a map of all, like the locations of it, but I guess they're yeah. moving, right? So yeah, and also I, I don't it. think that the United States wants everybody to know where their supercarriers are. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not but that we you know can fuck for with them. we know. Yeah, 
we, we know they're in certain areas to obviously yeah. have the yeah. the the uh, the gaze of uh, Uncle Sam on you at all times for strategically important areas. <laughs> um, how how much does an aircraft carrier cost? Or let's just talk in terms of super care. Let's just talk super in carriers. terms of uh, super carriers because I think that's what people are obviously thinking of, like the big ones that we're, we've been obviously podcasting about for the past half hour. <laughs> but how much do we? How much do they cost? I would like very much to buy these as aircraft carriers. I want how to much? buy one. <laughs> I want to uh, have one. So one Gerald R. Four class aircraft carrier costs about thirteen billion dollars. Billion with a B. Uh, and the entire program cost for um, fiscal year 2018 is 37.3 billion. That's really expensive, but I do want to bring it back to one of our old episodes on the F-35 and it doesn't even come close. So one F-35 is approximately 82, uh, excuse me, $89 million. So million with an M. However, their entire program cost is $1.5 trillion. So the aircraft carriers are a good buy, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, um, $1.5 trillion for a plane program that is, I mean, with all honesty, I don't know. I think we kind of have the same opinions on the F-35. I think yeah. you probably are a little bit. It's a I'm, nice, I'm it's a very, nice plane, but it's it's just not worth one point five trillion dollars. Yeah, you're you're a little bit more. You're, you're obviously, um, you, you see the the pros in it, where I don't see the pros in it. However, I mean, you're a lot more savvy with the stuff than I am. I just kind of like when you you lose me at one point five trillion dollars for a military <laughs> I think you lose program. An, you, lo- you lose anyone yeah. at one point five trillion dollars. Dude, that's the most expensive military thing ever, like ever. Especially is it the fact that they fall out of the sky? Yeah, like, I mean, it's just yeah. The, I mean, obviously. That they're not is, the first planes to fall out the sky, but they're definitely yeah, the most expensive planes to fall out the sky. <laughs> they're the most expensive plane to fall out of the sky, and that's yeah. why it's kind of that's why it, it pisses you off as a taxpayer every single time one of those planes, um, one of these incredibly expensive jet planes, fifth generation jet planes. Um, falls out of the sky. It's, yeah. it's, it's frustrating as yeah. a taxpayer. Yeah. Um, and then you find out, like, obviously it's for different reasons, but there's a, um, you know, the, the helmet itself is $400,000. Yep. Half, like almost half a million dollars know, for you, the helmet. <laughs> it lets you see behind your head and all this crazy Dude, stuff. Dude, it's actually, it's a pretty really, dope. It's really got like cool. AR and shit like that, but. Which is, which is pretty cool, but we, we talked about it. Like the main, you know, the main selling point with, yeah. with the F-35 is, um, it's a multi-use plane. It can do a bunch of different things, but in an air fight, in an actual dog fight, an F-35 pilot would get killed by a Russian pilot. Yeah. It'll get spanked by a Sukhoi, not, not even MiG, Sukhois. Sukhois are, are the it, air supremacy. It would get killed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's frustrating. It, that, that's frustrating, but I mean, but You know what? I'll, I'll, what report, know? I'll report back because, you know, um, in a couple of days here, uh, the new Ace Combat comes out. We're c- coming back to games here. Uh, the new Ace Combat comes out, and I'm pretty excited for it because I'm obviously a nerd for airplanes. 
so I'll uh, I'll fly around in the F thirty five and I'll get into a fight with a with a Sukhoi thirty seven or something like that, and and we'll see. <laughs> I'll let, I'll, I'll is let that you a know. realistic simulator? Uh, is that a realistic I think simulator? It's, it's the most famous like jet fighter uh, like program um, video game available. So I'd imagine it's pretty realistic. Is it more realistic to Star Fox than Star Fox? Oh yeah, I mean Star Fox is you know uh, um, what do they call? What's the you see what I jet? did there? I brought it yeah. back. Yeah, that's that's a callback. Uh, no, those things don't even exist. So I don't know. Maybe it's realistic. It's just we don't have them yet. <laughs> when foxes can fly, then talk to me and ask me. All right. Yep. Um, so anything else that you need to say about these uh, aircraft carriers as we hit the 40-minute mark? Yep. Uh, I'd like to say that, you know, we do these episodes on military tech. And, you know, on occasion, I praise United States military tech. On occasion, like the F-35, for example, I shit on it, you know. Um, but this is this is not the podcast to shit on it. We are leaps and bounds ahead of everyone for this particular platform. And it's such an important platform uh, for projecting power around the world. You know, our Navy is is basically flagshipped by these things. And we have the most powerful Navy on the planet. Uh, you know, these, the, the, these aircraft carriers are incredible. The flight decks of them combined, you know, if you add up all the planes and all the ships, um, that that support it, like battleships and submarines and things like that, because they don't go by themselves. Uh, if you put it all together, just the carrier groups, it's the fourth largest navy in the world. Just the aircraft carrier groups. Uh, we are so far ahead of everyone. Um, it's it's interesting, and we should pay attention to countries like China, countries like India, um, and others that are trying to build aircraft carriers, but they're not even close not 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 even by a long shot it'll be another decade before they can even figure out how to throw them you know uh, as nuclear in the first place so we we've got this shit on lock <laughs> yeah i the the projections i saw they're trying to i guess i think build six carriers by 2000 i might be making this up and i think i saw i think yeah. six by 2000 like 30 which is uh, probably a tall order, but um, I'll leave it at that. Let's wrap this thing up. Word. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you for for joining us today. Um, make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching it. If you're listening to it, go to the YouTube channel and subscribe to it. Um, even if you don't like YouTube, just go to the YouTube channel and subscribe to it. Um, also rate and review the podcast. We've been getting a lot of reviews and thank you for all the positive ones and even the negative ones as well. It's nice to hear feedback from both sides. Um, believe me, if you look at the YouTube comments, there's a lot meaner ones than the ones. (laughs) There's a lot meaner stuff written on YouTube, um, than on podcast reviews for the most part. I don't know if you've, if you've observed that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's a lot more polarized on the in the youtube world well, there's, there's a lot more there's people no there's there's, me, there's no comment section on every uh on every podcast but there is on every youtube video so yeah well youtube videos are just more accessible i, I guess more accessible they're more searchable yeah. like podcast audio podcasts aren't aren't served to you via recommendations engine yeah so we so 
some random person is going to get your YouTube video and, and they're going to be like, what did you say about the F-35 or what did you say about the Iranian Iraq war? And you get some really bizarre stuff written on your YouTube channel. So that's why we need our normal listeners to support us there because, um, you know, we, we, we get, you know, we, we, we obviously the bizarre comments are interesting and we're not going to cancel them or we're not going to, we're not going to censor uh, them. Disable them we're not going to censor like them we're because not, we're for we're not first little, amendment. Right. We're not like, <laughs> Well, we're not 10 year olds no. who are sensitive. So it's, but, uh, there's some weird ones. Um, but then again, I guess we kind of open it up since we post some weird videos. Yeah, that's true. That, um, yeah, I'm sure and, some uh, of I it is deserving, right? <laughs> <laughs> the, the video I posted today, um, I posted a video called, um, flat earth. Oh God. Um, yeah. The formula for fl- the flat earth is true. I forget what I even named it. Yeah. it it's, I, but I, it was a video I posted called um, flat earth proven. I'm sure yes. I got a lot and of I have a formula. <laughs> I haven't checked it yet. Did but you talk about the heat? You know, the heat? No, I just, it's like, <laughs> it's just, a, it's a stupid video where I just have a formula. I have a sheet. <laughs> Of, uh, I, I, don't give it away. Don't give it away. That just, I just drew. If you want to, if you okay. want to know Henry's uh, flat Earth theories, uh, you're gonna have to watch the video on YouTube. Like, share, and subscribe. yeah, go to the YouTube <laughs> channel and like it. Subscribe to the channel, like the video, share it with a Hit friend. Hit that little bell and, um, icon. Get the word out. Get the word out there about the flat Earth. It's true. Yeah. We live on a Earth, and um, I know the mystery of the uh, Malaysian flight that disappeared. Yeah. I know the mystery. I've, I I know where it went. You're gonna have to find. You're gonna have to watch it to find out. <laughs> if you want to know, that's that's intriguing, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to know. If you want to find out what happened to that those those uh that poor flight, that poor flight, like it's a bird, like it's a noun, <laughs> that poor flight in uh, Malaysia, then go to the YouTube channel and subscribe to it and look at the video I did on flat Earth. And this will probably be released in like four days. So there'll probably be more videos above that. However, check out that specific video if you want to know the truth about the flat earth. The flat earth. I have the documents. All right. I'm out. See ya. Peace. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.